Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Connor Brown. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and more. Are you curious about the power of short form video in today's digital world? Maybe you're wondering how to leverage meta ads effectively for your brand in 2024. If these topics capture your interest, you're in the right place because today we're honored to host John Loomer, who has embraced the challenge of creating a short form video daily in 2023 and is ready to continue his journey in 2024. John will share his experiences, why he does it, and tips on harnessing the potential of short form content and staying ahead of the game in the meta ads universe. This episode is going to be brimming with practical, practical advice and forward thinking strategies. So sit back, clear your schedule, clear your mind and get ready for this week's episode of social media news live. John, how are you doing today? That's quite the intro. Oh, just wait, there's more. Yeah. So if you guys, I have been following John, like I mentioned, uh, for ages. And if you don't know John, you really need to go check him out. His his blog is amazing. His short form content is amazing. But he is a meta ads educator who started johnloomer.com in 2011 and his private private community, powerhittersclub.com in 2014. And John focuses on the most advanced meta advertising topics. He helps his community look good and reach their goals along the way. He is an actually an accidental marketer who started his business with the hopes of creating the freedom. He wanted to spend as much time with his wife and three sons as he could. He's dedicated countless hours as a baseball coach. He's now retired, but he's taking the short form video and AI head on as we head into this next crazy phase of marketing. So once again, ask your question because John is on the show today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, So we got some more people stopping by. Another Gary, uh, Gary Elbs is on the show. He says uh, he made it to the live show today. Gary, ask your questions as well. Thank you for watching over on YouTube. So, John, let's just like dive right into it because there are so many questions that I have about your short form content. And Connor, you know, pop in because this is going to be uh, something for you as well because I know you were like on TikTok for a long time doing some stuff. So. John, I want to know what inspired you to like start this 365 day last year, 365 day short form video journey that you did last year. What, what was the reason behind that? Honestly, it is pretty similar to what inspired my original blogging journey and beginning in 2011, it was some desperation. (laughs) So when, when I started my website, I didn't know I was starting a business. I just know that I've been laid off. Not only was I laid off, I've been laid off for the second time in two and a half years. And originally I created the website thinking that, you know, that's how I was going to get a job, hopefully show how, you know, what I know and what my experiences are. 
and I just started writing and um, writing pretty much every day. I wrote 600 blog posts in two years and that exploded. And, but that stuck with me, that formula that how that worked, right? Not every blog post did well, but if I write every day, not only does it, do I give more pieces of content an opportunity to do well, but I learned something. I learn every day to, to make it better. So, you know, really starting from the point of COVID on, um, well, first of all, my, my business was doing really well at one point, really, really well. Like beyond whatever, just to, to survive 12 years is awesome. Right. So I, I didn't know how to start a business. Um, so to still be around was a big deal, but it started taking a downward turn-ish around COVID. Um, and probably as it's that, that whole process sped up because of COVID and everything. Um, and there became a point summer of 2022 where it's like, I have to do something different. This is not going to sustain me for much longer. Hmm. And the one th- and basically I was doing a lot of the same things for 12 years, right? The blog post, you know, if I ever did any video, I would do like a screen share where I'm not showing right. my face and sometimes not even talk over it or anything. Um, and that was just kind of my stubborn way. And it's like my templated way. And like a lot of people, I saw TikTok as for younger folks, right. dancing <laughs> yeah. and just silliness. And like, I'm never going to do that. It's stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but clearly something wasn't working. Um, you talked about, you know, coaching baseball, Mm-hmm. That also came to, to an end um, when my youngest moved into high school at the end of the summer of 2022. It's like, okay, I've got the mental space and time to focus on this as well. So understand this wasn't something that I was just going to dabble in. Yeah. I wasn't going to j- just experiment with it. This was kind of a make or break. I've got to figure this out uh, moment. And it's going to work. I'm going to make it work. <laughs> yeah. So, which I think was good. Kind of like with the blogging, um, where it's like, I have to figure out a, make, a way to make money. Um, so it started pretty painfully because, you know, again, I had this kind of misconception of what it was in the first place, but um, the whole thing intimidated me. Everything about it intimidated me. Like just opening the app intim- intimidated me. Uh, worrying about lighting and the sound and the editing and what what uh, software and hardware do you, everything. Um, so I knew it was be hard. So that first first the first thing was that I knew I was going to create really bad videos to start, <laughs> right. and I had to embrace that. So for me, a very pivotal moment was September thirtieth when I created a video that said this is going to suck and that's okay. Uh, it's something I always remember. Like that, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I'm all in with this thing. I know it's gonna be bad. I know it's gonna be hard and it's okay because it's all part of the process. So I recorded 70 videos during, uh, October of 2022 and it was brutal. It was hard. Like it took probably two hours per video and it's just all day. Um, but I got better. And so anyway, that, that was kind of the, the impetus behind it and the story behind it. And, uh, but I knew I was all in on this thing. And then, you know, heading into 2023, I said, okay, not, 
I'm, I'm, I'm all in, but I'm going to publish at least one video every day. And I was able to accomplish that. And uh, it's been quite the journey. So real quick, Connor, before your question, <laughs> I'm going to jump in. because <laughs> So this is interesting to me, John, because like you, it's not like you started and nobody knew who John Loomer was and he's, and you're creating a brand with, you know, uh, video, you already had an established brand and this was really, in my opinion, risky for you to go try this. Like you were the Facebook ads, meta ads guy. And now what's John Loomer doing short form video content for uh, was, did that cross your mind? Were you really worried about that? And like, how did you overcome that? Because I mean, you had a, an established brand, you know, a solid one. And then, okay, I'm going to do this. That seems like to me, really risky. Honestly, I didn't see it that way. Like, first of all, I was going to use it the way that made me comfortable and also to kind of continue that brand. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. my whole thing on johnlimmer.com was writing tutorials, help you understand how to do things, kind of no nonsense approach to things. Um, and I'm going to carry that over into short form video. Now a challenge with that is if anyone has read my blog, especially those first 10 years, I am wordy and you'll probably even <laughs> right. see here. Like I struggle to get to the point. I'm not concise. Like uh, I'm all over the place. So if, if I want to record short form videos that what I settled on was under 60 seconds, I've, I've got to learn how to be more concise. No, so in terms of the brand, I wasn't so, so much worried about that. Um, you know, a little concerned about the, the dedication of time. Uh, is that going to take away from blogging right. and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, it, it's, it's, what I found was people thought I went away before the short form video. Mm. Once I started doing the short form video, get, the, the people were like, oh, you're back. Mm. So yeah, it, do, it did help, I think, to have an established brand with people who had been following me from 2000, we'll say 12 to 18 or so, right? Mm-hmm. Where that was kind of like the, the sweet spot. Uh, what I kept seeing was, oh, John, I haven't seen your stuff in years. I haven't seen you in my feed for years. It's great to see you again. Um, and it was almost like a comeback, even though I hadn't gone anywhere. So th- part of that was kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, but it was also affirmation that like, oh, yeah. because I wasn't playing the game or like, you know, creating content that, was, that people wanted to consume now, um, I just stopped existing for some people. Um, so that helped me return into their feeds. That's a great point. Yeah. You know, I know I love the embracing the suck, right? This is going to suck starting, yeah. right? But we're, we're going to get through this. We're going to chip away at it one day at a time and kind of that incremental improvement. You get 1% better every yeah. single day over the course of weeks, months, and now going into years, you're going to be so, so, so much better than that. But starting from the very beginning, John, how, how do you, what's your kind of process for just consistently generating ideas that, that are ample enough that you have enough supply of to actually make a ve- video on a different topic every single day? How do you do that? Yeah, that's, that's a challenge, right? Uh, in the beginning, that's easy. Uh, because, you know, just start a list and uh, I'll start crossing them off as I've talked about them. Um, but when you're talking about every single day, eventually you plow through them. You're like, Oh, I've already talked about that thing. That's, and also that's one of the things I've learned to 
I'm going to say learn to embrace yet. Yeah, I'm trying to embrace is repetitions. Okay. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, and that's a little bit opposite of what I'm used to with blogging. Like I, I, and that's been a challenge of blogging too. Like I, I really, I'm, I'm conscious of not creating duplicate content, which I know is probably bad SEO wise. I'm not an SEO expert, but I've, that's something I've tried to avoid. It's, it's great to talk about the same topic, but with a different angle, right? right. Um, with blogging, the video, the rules are kind of out the window on that. Like I could technically either republish a video, which I don't, or, take the same topic and just re-record it again mm-hmm. uh, and, and really not have anything different to say. And like, well, no one saw it the first time I recorded it three or six, three, six months ago, whatever. So that's, that's one thing. But the other thing is I do keep a running list. My notes app is like my lifeline. Right. Um, it's, it's my to-do list. It's my list of video topics. It's my list of blog post topics. It's my schedule for the day. I, I do everything in my, in my notes app. Even my scripting is in my notes app. So that, that's a big part of it. Now, where's the inspiration come from? You know, whether I'm, I have a feedly of I'm, I'm right. reading what's, what's happening over the last week. I have this private community, which is really helpful for inspiration too. We have strategy sessions on Tuesdays and people ask questions. I have one-on-ones filling, filling up on Thursdays and people are asking me questions like, Oh, I've never heard of that issue before. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. So, uh, at all, that's why it's important to have something like a notes app available at all times, no matter what device you're on. Like as soon as I have inspiration, put it in, put it in there, you know, add, add it to my list. Um, so that's the main thing. It, to be honest, it's not always easy, but at the same time, it's like, you can always throw a different angle at something or, you know, I've said this a million times to me, I've said it a million times. It doesn't mean you've heard it a million times. Um, right, certain right, things, right. right. That I, that I feel like really need to be drilled home. So that's the other thing I'm trying to kind of embrace with short form videos that repetition is okay too. That's yeah, a great point. I think no. what's Go ahead. Do is, is like with ads, it's kind of the same thing. It's, it's frequency, right? Like someone needs yeah. to see something X number of time before it to, before it can actually register with someone, then just take that same approach with the video stuff. They're going to need to see it consistently before it actually gets in their head. Right. And look, no one's ever complained like, oh, you've talked about this before. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So I'm not too worried about it. But I mean, the other, the other thing that's been nice is that I feel especially like during the holidays when news and everything really slowed on like uh, new feature updates and stuff for, for meta ads, just topics in general, like people, everything got quiet. Well, what, what did I have? I still had this journey I was on with short form video. Mm. Let me talk about mm. that. So um, yeah. that's one thing where I've loosened up a little bit where, you know, generally I'm kind of hyper-focused on the meta ads topic, but here I, I will, you know, we're on a short form video platform. I'm going to talk about how I do this too, because people care about that as well. Mm. That's a great, uh, speaking of that, uh, and Gary, Gary mentioned real quick, uh, he said Feedly is a great tool. Also Pocket for saving and tagging stuff. I've been using another tool, Gary, called Artifact. And I think it's from the makers of, I mean, for Instagram's, the owners back in the day. And I really like that, too, for getting news articles and stuff like that. So he also said, oh, yes, even podcasts slow down releases during the holidays. It's like nobody's listening during that time. Yeah, it's it can be rough. 
it's it's crazy. Like it's been twelve years now, and every year I, I fall into this panic mode. Like when tra- traffic and everything falls off the face of the earth, like just mm-hmm. disappears. Is it going to co- come back in January? <laughs> right, it, right. It comes back every every January. It comes back, but it's it's so weird how that happens. Yeah, a friend of mine who was talking about uh, Eric Fisher, who's does a, a big mm-hmm. podcast. He's like, yeah, it's always this time of year. Podcasts go down. Um, I want to talk about your your kind of process because I'm really like I, I we talked about this a little bit before the show, but I said you know I was I was inspired by you and I'm like I'm going to try 30 days of doing this starting on January 1st. I made it a week and that was it. So uh, if you guys are followed by Instagram or in my TikTok, you'll see that yeah it was great for a week and I think I did one more after that. But I'm going to have to do it two or three days a week and then maybe work up. But I want to know your workflow producing these videos because I, I mean it's tough it's hard well two things we'll get to my workflow but your story frustrates me because yeah i hear it all the time i also see it there are people i follow and like oh man they're creating great stuff and all of a sudden I'm like wait a minute what happened to that person they're not <laughs> creating anything anymore yeah. and it's it, it frustrates me um so before we even get to my process and i actually did a video on this t- today that, yeah. that mm-hmm. we were talking about like, I don't think the whole, I don't have time is an excuse because the reality is however much time you have, you can create a video that fits into that, that restriction. Right. So, um, there's so many excuses for why I'm not going to create a video today or, you know, like what, I think a lot of it comes from an overwhelm of fear a feeling of what the way I'm doing this isn't good enough. I don't know how to do this, but it's the, the editing's not right. I'm kind of conscious of that or the, the lighting, the editing, right. the microphone, you know, what app should I use? Like all that kind of stuff. And the reality is like, all you got to do is turn on your camera app on your phone, have an idea, hit record. You really don't even have to edit at first, right? Like how many people are going to watch it anyway? It's not a big deal. Like the, the main thing is to get into the habit of publishing. So we could be talking about video. We could be talking about blogging. We could be talking about podcasting. It's kind of the same thing. Publish it and you will learn from it and you'll get more efficient. The other thing is like, because again, I think we get it backwards that we're so worried about all these things being right and we don't know how to do it and it slows us down. The reality is do it and record it in the rawest form possible from there, you'll start realizing things that you want to do better. So like my lighting, I, it's, I still see my on this day from a year ago on TikTok, my lighting, like I still see it a year ago. It still wasn't the way I mm-hmm. like it now. Not to say it's perfect now, but um, it's those little things. So like, don't let any of that keep you from creating. That's the first thing. Um, so for my process, I, I don't batch. I like, I, I tried to batch. We talked about this a little before. It's exhausting for me, mentally exhausting. <laughs> right. Like if, if, especially if I've got a batch for an entire week uh, of videos. So that means, you know, uh, you know, seven, seven videos, I've got to edit them, right. everything yeah. all in one day, probably. Or if I don't edit that day, then I've got another day where it's all editing. That's exhausting. So what I found that works really well for me is knowing that, I'm publishing a video every day. That is what motivates me throughout the week, knowing that that has to happen, right? So however it happens, it's going to happen. So 
I'm, I'm always thinking about, okay, what are my topics adding, adding to that list? Do I have a script done for those topics yet? Let's get that script mm-hmm. in there. And really that's the hardest part. Once I've got the script done, just record and, and go and we're good to go. It's just a matter of at that point, when do I have inspiration? Knowing that I have to have enough in there to publish every day. So for example, like heading into the weekend, I'm usually focused on, okay, I've got to make sure I've got uh, videos recorded and edited and scheduled for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because I don't want to do this stuff on the weekends either, if possible. Or if I'm going on a trip, prepare all that stuff beforehand, because that 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 goal, it's not even like something I'm going to work around. It's, it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So what do I need to do ahead of time to make sure it happens? So that, that's the first thing. Um, I use just my, my iPhone. I don't use a special camera or anything. Um, I use the rear facing camera Yep. Uh, with, and, in cinematic mode. Even though I do have lighting, uh, I turn down the exposure because I feel like my lighting is really bright. Uh, so I turn down the exposure. I mirror my phone to my iPad so that I can make sure I'm lined up properly. Right. Uh, I have my script, which I kind of script out line by line, not sentence by sentence, but line by line um, in my notes app. Uh, I zoom in on it a little bit because <laughs> my old eyes can't really see it that well. I'm not reading from it. Right. I basically look at the first line, sort of memorize it, but like I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm reading. Right. So yeah. I, I kind of know what that first line is. Look at the camera as conversationally as possible, say it also conscious of how I end it, how I start it, knowing how that goes into the next line. So I record it. The recording is usually four minutes or so. Um, cause I fumble over my words a lot. And then, but also but I know a lot of these details are, kind no, of it's great. It's great. I also know that about 1050 characters should be a 60 minute or 60 second video. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've got That's it awesome. down to the point where, uh, if it's over that, I'm going to have to do some editing after the fact and take stuff out. And that, that can make, that can be tough. Like all of a sudden mm-hmm. you pull stuff out and it doesn't make sense or it seems awkward or whatever. So I'm trying to limit that as much as possible while also being up against that 60 second mark. So that's, that's everything. So I, I, I have, I also record the audio from my desktop, mm-hmm. um, using this, uh, this, this mic, this Shure MV7 throw everything into ScreenFlow, which again, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, I've got to go get ScreenFlow. N- nothing against ScreenFlow. I just, right, that's, that's what, what I've used for over yeah. a decade. So yeah. use what you like. I throw, you know, all those files together, right? Because there's an audio file on top of the, the, the camera video file, match them up. And then I edit. And I just I try to edit out all the pauses, mm-hmm. of course, all the imperfections and everything. Um, but... Uh, the entire process takes, you know, from recording and editing and scheduling everything is about an hour. But um, I also use Cap CapCut for the captions. Mm. Um, making do sure up, I don't go over. Do, do you when you're done? Do you upload them individually to each platform, or do you have a service that yeah. does it all at once? So look, I, I've experimented with like, uh, God, what was it called the Repurpose.io is one yeah, of them. Repurpose.io. Yeah. I just don't find it saves me any time. Like it's so fast. So, and I've got, you know, 
probably the worst thing i've had all these tabs open at all times which makes it easily accessible mm-hmm. but i've got like this one group of tabs it's all for this process you know so i've got business suite open to upload a new reel to facebook and instagram that I schedule um i use the same format to the to the the video for reels i do for tiktok i use desktop or a schedule mm-hmm. to, to desktop mm-hmm. on on tiktok as well same thing to youtube shorts so it's the exact same thing there. I make a slight variation for LinkedIn. First of all, I center the captions and put them a little bit lower on LinkedIn because I don't have to worry about what's on the side and the bottom and stuff. Um, and then I write out a lot. In some cases, it's just pretty much the script. Uh, but th- there's a lot more text there that I put with uh, LinkedIn. And then what I've been doing over the last six months or so I've got a custom post type on my website for each video as well. That ends up being like this mini blog post uh, where I can like add images and stuff as I'm talking about, but it's pretty much the same copy as what I use for LinkedIn, but I'm like, might might add some more context in there. And, but yeah, so it's six different places in all, but really that doesn't, that part of it's easy. Right. It really is. Um, the, and the editing is busy work, but it's not hard. Yeah, it's yeah. just getting over the hump of what's my topic, what's my script. Okay, now it's let's record. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to do is let you guys know, make sure you guys go to johnloomer.com because I've been using this forever. It's he's got the, like the, for each, well, I guess, I guess it's all one now. You've made one template that you can put on like an overlay on whatever video editing software mm-hmm. you're using. And you know where your captions are going to fit and not go yeah. into like TikTok's um, interface or Instagram yeah. Reels uh, interface. And it's so handy. Uh, I've actually put it on my Descript. I, Gary, I know you're in my Descript course, um, but I have th- uh, uh, something like that that I, I put that on, on top of mine just to make sure my captions ever, aren't ever going to go over that top. It's really, really handy. You can get it at johnloomer.com. I think it's in the top where your freebies are that you can download. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. It's, it's really helpful. It's a popular page. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those things like when that happened, when that became really popular, it's like, I don't know if I want that to be popular. Cause that's not really, you know, I'm more, I want to be like uh, search engines to be looking for me for, right. for uh, uh, meta ad stuff, but it, it's like the most popular thing that's on my website right now. Yeah. yeah that's really something cool. I learned pretty quickly. Like you'd think it would be automatic. Right. <laughs> the captions would be in the right place, but they're really not. But, and I also do screen sharing and stuff like that mm-hmm. where you know, I'm doing tutorials and it's, it's important that that it's also as close to the bottom as possible while not being covered up. So then I can f- feature right. something in the middle. So you're, you're left with very little real estate to really feature stuff, yeah. but uh, that's just something that you yeah. learn over time. So we got a couple of questions I want to run through really quickly or comments. Um, uh, Chris Stone says, everyone gets 24 hours a day. We choose how we use them. You know, and Chris is a great editor too. And I think what I'm doing is spending too much time editing and, and I've yeah. got to let some of that stuff go and just put it out there. And Gary says, I found scheduling a writing session for specific formats to be helpful through ideas for TikTok, write all the scripts, record them in a single day. And he also said that recording on a phone and not using Adobe Premiere works faster. And then he uses CapCut. Um, and Chris once again says this, he goes, I got going after I heard Craig Groeschel say, um, use the acronym, Gitmo, get good enough to move on like reps. Yeah. I love that one. That's great. So, um, and, and Gary thought the mirroring of iPhone to an iPad's really, really cool. So, um, yeah, so, so many good comments, lots of stuff to unpack here. And pretty much, I think John is saying, just do it guys. Just, yeah. just, just quit. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I've also learned, you know, over time that, 
I probably spend too much time editing. It's, you know, especially when I'll see someone who's really well followed. John Morgan Stern is a good example. I don't know if anyone follows John Morgan Stern on TikTok and, and Reels and whatnot. And he, he doesn't even care about the one minute thing. He'll talk forever and kind of ramble a little bit, but have very detailed topics that he talks about that are really helpful. Um, he's, he's part of Vayner Media, mm-hmm. and he, there's no editing. He just, as yeah. far as I know, he might do a little bit of editing. Just points, shoots, talks, publishes it, and gets a lot of people watching it. I'm like, well, if, if you can just point, record, publish, and get a lot of people watching it, why am I spending all this time editing? You know. Right. So yeah. there is a matter of like, don't again, don't let it be an obstacle edit if you want to, if that's what you like, but it's ultimately not going to be why people are or aren't watching your stuff. Right. Yeah. What about that engagement? You know, I'm sure it differs very much from, from blogging what you were doing to, to kind of start and, and all this, but you build up an audience that way. How have you seen uh, audience engagement evolve as you've been posting, you know, a video a day over this course? And then also has it directly impact your your business can you can you say that yeah so a couple of things there i mean it's a pretty deep topic honestly in the early going it's also one of the things i just had to let go of um, yeah number one it's out of your, so much of it is out of your control like the, the tiktok algorithm for a week i'll feel like a god for a week <laughs> i'll feel like nobody watched right. my stuff it's, it's right. just yeah. that's the one that's most up and down and crazy but the other thing is like does it lead to business? Does it lead to X, Y? Like, and what are the important metrics? There's so many vanity metrics. Like, you can't be obsessed with that stuff because it is so much so outside of your control. Or if you want, if you want to try to take control of it, you start getting manipulative and doing stupid right. stuff. Like that, you're probably yeah. going to regret. I, I think the important part for me too is. And honestly, this isn't something I really appreciated early on when I started creating it. Like I, I, I forget sometimes there are people who create videos to monetize them, the, the views of yeah. those, those videos, right? That's not what I'm doing. So I understand why those people are super obsessed with reach and engagement and going viral, right? Cause they get paid for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So they freak out about the algorithm and all that. Like, I don't care. Like whatever. Um, so for me, I'm not getting paid for it. It is hopefully going to lead to business. Measuring that is going to be really, really difficult. So to, first of all, I, I mostly just have vanity metrics. But the funny thing is, like with YouTube, I almost quit on YouTube. Because again, I was just publishing to all these different places. Because the daily views for the new videos were so low. I'm like, this just feels like a waste of time. I guess what I did was yeah. I actually was publishing to Pinterest for a while. Like, this is dumb. No, like no one's watching these. So I stopped. I almost did that with YouTube as well. But a weird thing happened. Now my channel has existed since 2012, um, but I just haven't been consistent with it. And I actually have like 19,000 followers, but something like that, or such subscribers, but it, it felt like doing this wasn't right. really any benefit. I didn't even realize it till the end of the year, every single month, my views went up on mm-hmm. YouTube. And I think a big part of that was search. So like I was so focused on the most recent videos and seeing like, ah, oh, those views are crap. 
I wasn't realizing people were watching my older videos because they were coming out of the search. So that ended up being way more of a benefit than I ever anticipated, especially in the early going. TikTok, like if you would have told me a year and a half ago that TikTok would be my fastest growing audience, like I've got like 28,000 followers on TikTok, which I just started that, you know, in the fall of 2022. Again, it's just a vanity metric, but that's crazy to me. Um, I think it's all like in, in terms of measuring impact as well, it's important to remember, like I'm not creating unique videos for each platform. It's the same video right. everywhere. Uh, these, many of these platforms, I would be doing nothing if I weren't publishing these videos. So my measurement is more about overall, you know, wh- what's happening with all of these platforms. So like even Instagram, I only used Instagram as a, uh, a placement for ads. I really wasn't publishing anything there. Yeah. So the fact that now I've got 10,000 followers and I'm reaching people every day is something I would not have had otherwise. Facebook is one of the first places where people were telling me, I haven't seen you in years. Where have you been? So <laughs> even though I was active there, like sharing right. links and stuff, it, that just didn't, wasn't working anymore. Um, and so I was breaking through there. LinkedIn, like that, that has been one of the, the places where I'm getting the most engagement now. Um, and it was, that was a, a place I really wasn't getting into at right. all until a couple of years ago. Um, so it's, it's really kind of unearthed all these right. possibilities. Um, but the other thing is, and again, it's difficult to measure any of this stuff, but what very early on was validation for me. And I continue to hear now, is people will book a one-on-one with me or sign up for my membership. And then I'll, I will t- be talking to them and they will tell me, Hey, just so you know, I'm here because of your videos, right? Yeah. Because I, f- I felt like I knew you, you were seeing, I was seeing you every day. It was a reminder that, Oh, this is something you talk about. And maybe sometimes you'll even mention one-on-ones or like, I don't, it's not very promotional, right? But there's enough in there sprinkled that, that they'll think about it. Uh, so it's, you have to have a, a certain amount of blind faith, <laughs> I think with this stuff, yeah. you, right? Which is completely different from blogging because it's very easy to measure. Yeah. Um, whereas with the video, you either are going to just fill it with CTA nonsense to make it harder to consume, or you just have to accept that it's going to be difficult to measure but you, you strongly believe it, it's working. And that's really where I was with video. So I got enough feedback to tell right. me I'm on the right path. Don't obsess with some of these vanity metrics. They're going to be up and down and all over the place because that will drive you crazy. And that's what forces people to quit too. Um, but enough, have enough to also have something to celebrate like over a long period right. of time. Like, yeah, I grew over that. That's amazing. That's awesome. Celebrate it keeps you going a little bit too. Yeah. Even doing the one week thing. I mean, I saw my stats go up and like, okay, people like this and I got engagement and comments, so it's worth doing. I just need to revisit how I do it. The, um, one of the questions and you, and you mentioned a couple of times and I, I, and this is way the, one of my famous rabbit holes is like, okay, you're a long term blogger. Like that's your bread and butter. Like, what do you think of blogging going into 2024? Um, like if somebody says, Hey, I'm going to start a blog. Would you go, yeah, maybe not. What would you, what would your, your thoughts it's on that so be? Weird. 
I don't, I, I don't know if you guys have seen this too, but heading into 2024, that was the hot topic that blogs were coming back and we're going to be huge. And mm-hmm. I would love that. Mm-hmm. I'm just skeptical. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, first of all, my blogs took off uh, for a couple of reasons for uh, pe- people. It wasn't just a niche thing that people like to, to read tutorials and whatnot. That's, that was pretty popular. Um, videos started taking over, but SEO wise and Google referrals, I was getting 10,000 plus organic referrals every day Whoa. for a period. And now I'm getting, if I'm lucky, a thousand. Um, and that's why I'm still writing a hundred blog posts a year. And and not, I'm not crying about that. I know a lot of people would love to have right. that day, but that's that's a fraction of what I was getting. Yeah. So to tell me you're going to start a blog, um, it's going to be hard. And like the way Google is now, like everything's more AI powered answer mm-hmm. engines. People are getting their answers in chat GPT and whatnot. Like where are your referrals coming from? So that, that's yeah. going to be my question. And why I'm skeptical. I'm not saying blogs are dead. I hope, like, I hope right, blogs are right, coming back. Right. I, I, nothing would make me happier. I just don't feel, beyond the fact that, yes, people, I think we're heading into this direction of people desiring more of a personal touch and maybe even like a throwback. I get that. Mm-hmm. But how are they going to find you? That because that, all everything is lined up against blogs right now, whether it's uh, search referrals social, like providing links, everything's video, short form video. How are they going to find you? That that's, that's the question I can't get answered. Uh, because I deal with it every day. I got, I I deal with that obstacle every day. So, um, if you want to make it, having a website, first of all, is a must, you have to have a a home base, whether you want to commit to a blog every day is kind of like with video. It's a, it's a long haul, it's not going to be easy. You're going to be speaking into the void. Make sure you have things lined up to drive traffic there. Um, Cause otherwise no one's going to come. Uh, mm-hmm. I think so, it's easier, honestly, to start with short form video these days because that's where people are. But, and that's my question too, because I know when people say, okay, John does 365 every day of short form. Do you have to do a sh- one every day or could you do it and still find success by doing it three, four times a week? I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have to be every day for the algorithms? Don't have to be. For me personally, I think I'm a person of habit and of streaks. So like, I also ran, like, you know, this, this is a, a continuing theme with me. I ran 1,200 miles last year. I was not a runner years, you know, eight years ago. Right. And I'll, this is something I've, I started doing more and more a year. Big part of it was like, there was a period of time I ran every day for like a hundred days. Wow. And it was just, you know, it's like, those are the things like, as soon as I don't do it and I break that streak, I've now made an excuse for myself the next time that why wasn't I, that, that I, why was it that I didn't publish that day? I could have that same excuse today too. Mm. Um, so for me, it helps just to, keep myself in line that I do it every day. Ideally, I'd probably publish more than once per day. <laughs> Again, that's like kind of what, why I'm looking at 2024 is like, I need to cut back on my editing or do more that are just super easy and dirty and publish them. Um, the bottom line is this, do you need to publish every day? 
No. But you learn faster the more you create. You give uh, people more opportunity to see your stuff the more you create. If you put everything into one per week or you know a couple per week, it's going to be slower. It just is. So I think my pushback on that would be if you can only publish three times per day would be why? What are the things uh, that prevent you from, from publishing at least once per day? And if it's like, oh, I don't have time to edit or that, okay, well then edit less. Like, <laughs> spend less time on your videos. Publish one. So and again, I'm, I'm saying that to myself as well because I, I really want to publish more than I'm publishing now um, because I know that the more I create, and that within reason, right? You still want to create value. Right. Um, not just publishing for the sake of publishing, but uh, more is better uh, in that case without just flooding people with nonsense. Mm. Yeah. One of wow. my favorite things. I didn't want you to hear. I didn't want you to say that actually, John, I want you to take, take that back. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's not that you can't be effective right. at three or four times a day. Just be, be prepared that it's likely going to be slower the less you create. Um, yeah. and, and gotcha. not, not just in terms of growing, but in terms of you getting better and learning and, and refining mm-hmm. your own processes. Like the more, that's why that first month of 70 videos for me, as painful as it was, Man, I learned so much. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. That reminds me of one of my favorite things Jerry Seinfeld has ever oh, said. Yeah. He says the the that your job as a comedian is to sit down and write one joke every day. It doesn't have to be the greatest joke. It doesn't even have to be the funniest joke. It doesn't have to be funny at all. Your job is to just write one joke a day. And then over the days and weeks, you'll have a chain built up of jokes. And then your job is actually to make sure the chain doesn't break. That's your yeah. job. It's just keep going one day at a time. Not the greatest thing in the world or, or whatever it is. Don't break the chain, which kind of goes into this question I had of how do you balance quality versus a need for daily content production? You got to get something out of the door. So how does quality impact that? And then John, once you've posted, how do you say, all right, that's a successful video or, or, or is it more just focusing on not breaking the chain and whatever comes comes? Yeah. I, I don't focus too much on how well, and like I'll look back and say, Oh, that one's doing really well and be pleasantly surprised, but realize I have such little, uh, there's such little impact I can make on that doing well, because what I've seen is it's random. Like I'll have a video that does great on YouTube, doesn't do anything on TikTok, does great on Instagram Reels, doesn't do anything on Facebook, right? And sometimes I'll have a video that bombs on everywhere and it just is, you know? Uh, it, it, there might've been a reason and maybe there wasn't. I, I think the more we take that personally, um, the, the, really, the more complicated this whole thing becomes. So I try not to get lost in all that because a lot of times it just there's there's not a reason for it. Why well, it did well either. Mm. Um, so I try not to focus too much on that. In terms of quality and, and quantity and whatnot, it's just something that I guess you have to have baked in, right? I I'm not trying to create for the sake of creating. Like I mm. always have a purpose, something I want to teach you. Um, mm. The editing doesn't have to be perfect. And that's something I've embraced more and more because I've seen it from other people. Like the message 
is what matters. Like, did the message get across and is that message valuable? And part of, you know, for, for me, that's been trying to be more concise and getting it done in a minute and helping, you know, the, the scripting and all right. that stuff. But, um, that's, that's the bottom line for me is, you know, I, I feel good when I publish something, that's an accomplishment. The, yeah. the metrics that come great. If they do, if they don't, so be it. I've got another one in the time. Right. <laughs> right. Here, comes, right? Here comes another one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know sure why, but that uh, thumbs up just went yeah. in the background for yeah. me. Yeah. But so, so that, that's, I, I do think it's really important not to get lost in all that because the more obsessed you are with the metrics, that's when it becomes exhausting. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. You know, trying to duplicate what you did when you think you, you mastered the code and right. then you can't, you know, and I said, I did a little bit of that with my blogging back in the day that, that I learned from the, like, I felt like, Oh, I got this magic formula that worked really well in that first year. Like I'm I keep going to that. Well, and doesn't, yeah. you can't, you can't be obsessed with those metrics. Yeah. Um, when I was so excited to have John on. I forgot to tell everybody about our sponsor of the show, which is Ecamm. So you can find out more about them at socialmediawnewslive.com. Nice. I use Ecamm. Yes. So yeah. Um, yeah, John, uh, I'll tell them they'll be excited that you use it. Um, the yeah. We are actually doing next, uh, well, it's in two weeks, uh, in the 24th, we're doing a meetup with Ecamm. Paul Gowder and I are going to be at Disney Hollywood Studios. You can find out more at jeffc.com forward slash podfest meetup. We've got actually, if you go to that website, you can win a free Hollywood studio ticket for that day. If you're like, Oh, I don't want to pay for it. Jeff's not that important. I'd go to see Paul, but not Jeff, but you could win a free ticket. If you go here at jeffc.com forward slash podcast meetup, we would love to meet you. Ecamm's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Media vine is going to be there sponsoring it as well. So make sure you guys go check that out at uh, jeffc.com forward slash podcast meetup. The last question of this section, uh, John, and then we'll, I will have a little bit of time to talk about meta ads. Cause I, I want to talk about your most recent article um, is where do you see short form video evolving in the future? Like you've been on these things. Are you thinking like, is there going to be another platform or, you know, one's going to go away or what are your thoughts on the outlook for 2024 or the future of short form video? Man, uh, it's tough to say. I, it, I, I think what we're going to, we're going to have some growing pains with AI related mm-hmm. to short form video yeah. and uh, people, you know, the deep faking and everything. Um, and we're, we're, we're seeing this already in terms of comments and text and LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. I think a complete freaking mess right now. <laughs> um, any way you can use AI to be lazy, people are going to do it. Um, <laughs> so to a point, I think we're going to have just a lot more garbage out there, um, uh, in terms of video, but everything, mm-hmm. um, when people know that they can just you know, have a uh, virtual themselves and, and create a video and some of it might be good. And I think a lot of it will be bad. So I, it's entirely possible for the same reason people are hoping that blogs come back. Um, some of this more personal touch real yeah. videos but, uh, could be more effective. And I think you're right because I think like with what we're doing here, like I can, I know Gary in the audience is a magician as well. And he's also been sharing some really great reels and stuff about his cooking adventures that he's doing. So AI can't do that. Like that's what I like in the short form stuff too. There's a lot of stuff that AI can't do. And that's why I really, uh, you know, like this stuff. Um, and, and 
I, I think you're right. There's going to be a lot of garbage that comes out, but hopefully people can, the stuff that's good, like the content you're putting out and like teaching yeah. people things will rise to the top. Um, this last section I want to talk about because you are the meta ads guy. Um, some of the stuff that's happening recently, you know, with the, even the, um, we'll get, we'll get to it. I'll let Connor ask that question, but like, where do you see the recent changes in this meta ads targeting affecting like the digital, uh, marketing strategies? You had a great article about it that you talked about this. So I know a lot of small businesses, solopreneurs, you know, even just regular businesses, like they don't know what to do. They used to be able to do a lot more than they were able to do with meta ads. And now they're like, uh, I am at a loss to what to do. Facebook doesn't really yeah. make it easy either. So, <laughs> which is good for, for, for business yeah, for, you. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, what you're referring to is the detailed targeting. Yeah. Uh, some, some of those interests going away, which is nothing new. Um, this is the trend we've been on for a while now. And actually like the exact same announcement pretty much word for word was made two years ago that Meta was removing some detailed targeting options for the same reasons, you know, things were, weren't used as much. There's sensitive topics, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, so we don't know the details, how many are going away, what's going away, whatever, but that's, this is nothing new. But again, this is a trend that we're on and we, and we saw it with the expansion of audiences starting within the last man, a year and a half, two years ago, maybe now, um, with advantage detailed targeting, advantage lookalike and advantage custom audience. I mean, there's certain cases now, even if you use those old targeting approaches, that if you're optimizing for a conversion and you say, oh, I want to target these specific uh, interests, you'll target those interests, but Meta can expand the audience to beyond those people. Mm -hmm. and I still am not even sure that people realize that's happening because yeah. there's still this obsession with, oh, I have to use these interests. They're so important. But the reality is, I don't know how important those inputs are anyway. How, like, how many of your results became, came from those inputs? How many of the results came because Meta expanded the audience? We don't know. It'd be really helpful if they could provide that information. So it started with that Advantage Plus Shopping um, came out within the last year. There are no targeting inputs. And if you're an e-com business, you've probably found some success with it or know somebody who has. Um, that's entirely based on machine learning and more advanced kind of AI stuff that's, that's happening there to find your, your target audience. It's based on, you know, prior purchase history, your, your pixel history, data, engagement with your ads and whatnot. So taking that, taking the targeting uh, responsibility away entirely with, with Advantage Plus Shopping, and then Advantage Plus Audience is now the default going forward. Now you can opt out of it, but Advantage Plus Audience, what that is, any inputs you provide are just targeting suggestions. Hmm. That's it. Um, and once again, I don't know if people realize that truly that because they're so worried about somebody's interests and think they have to use, like, it's just a suggestion. So if you have success, was it because of that suggestion or is it because of the algorithm going broader? So in all likelihood, the, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see right, the future, right. but I mean, you'd be kind of blind not to see this coming. If, if interests continue to exist, they're going to be as a very broad category of targeting again, just for suggestions, because 
Meta is trying really hard to to force you <clears throat> to use advantage plus audience as opposed yeah. to old to the old methods. So the old methods are more than likely going away. I mean, I'd be shocked if they don't. And so any targeting inputs would be just a suggestion, if not moving towards that advantage plus shopping approach of, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not, you don't have any inputs at all mm. and the algorithm will find it for you. And that's been something that I know has been painful for a lot of people. It was painful for me initially. It took me a long time to embrace it and accept it. I still think it's imperfect, uh, especially for various, anything that's not conversions optimization. Um, just because that optimization itself is imperfect. Uh, you get a lot of garbage, but, um, this is the direction we're on less few, fewer inputs for the advertiser. The inputs that we do have are less impactful than probably we think. Um, and this is a difficult adjustment for, for those of us who are used to like all these levers reporting right, being right. really, really important. That's just not the way that, that we're heading right now. Hmm. Yeah. I love this question from, from discord coach. Um, very specific, but are we able to target ads to members of a particular Facebook group or was that taken away in the recent changes? And I think that that kind of relates to the fact of, you know, what are the other options we have? Like, like what other strategies can we do? What should marketers start focusing on as, as we shift to, to these broader targeting methods? One, is that still available to uh, us? And then now out of there. Yeah. And it was never available. So it's probably the, one of the most common questions I get though, how do I target people from this specific Facebook group? Uh, you can't, uh, th there are ads now you can run ads to promote a Facebook group, but you can't yep. target members of it. There, there's some workarounds that are very imperfect to like target people who have engaged with a video from that was in a Facebook group that, that you control, but that would be the the extent of it. Um, it doesn't exist. And honestly, I would, I would never anticipate it will exist because that would be moving in the direction of more refined targeting. That's complete opposite way we're going. So oh, I think the assumption is, oh, this would be super powerful if I could do this. Um, and you're thinking that the algorithm doesn't already think that way. Right. Yeah. So the algorithm is already looking at various signals like what groups they're in, what kind of content they're engaging with, um, you know, what pages they're engaging with, what websites and all that kind of stuff before they show an ad to somebody. Um, so whether or not we have the power to focus just on that group, I mean, that's part of the signal. Anyway, I understand the thought process that would be amazing. Um, it, at least to provide it as a targeting suggestion. Right. But no, I would not anticipate that coming anytime soon. So another question I have, do you think it's going, it, moving to the future uh, where it's going to be like, maybe you can upload your email list uh, and target, you know, people based off that, but it's pretty much going to be like an ad button. Like the AI is going to handle everything else. And it's going to be kind of like the, you know, Facebook boost kind of that's it. And you don't have to do any other levers. Is that where Facebook wants to go? Like it's all going to be AI. Well, look, I mean, the, the campaign creation process, so from campaign through ad set, they're trying to streamline as much as possible. That, you know, what is your goal? Define your goal. Um, they really don't want you to, to edit the, the placements. They don't want you 
really providing a whole, worrying a whole lot about the targeting. So in a way, we're heading that direction there. What's going to make your campaign effective or not is what you're doing on the, the ad side. Mm. So um, I would say, yeah, but we got to shift. It's not a, a super easy button of oh, right. promote this thing for me and give me a ton of results. You got to understand this is an auction. So yeah. you were competing against other advertisers. How are you going to stand out? And if everyone has this crappy ad that was AI generated, right. Meta said, hit right. this button and we'll, we'll create it for you. No one's going to stand out. So the, there's still going to be, a, I think the focus is going to fall now on what is your copy? What is your creative? How do you win that auction? Um, um, and also, how do you attract the right people? This is a phrase that's not mine. It's been repeated over and over. Your targeting is in the, is in your ad now, right? Mm. Uh, because based on who engages with you, if you create a very general message that's clickbait for anyone to click on, you're going to attract a very general audience. If you yeah. create copy and creative that attracts a very specific group of people to engage, that's those are signals that Meta is going to learn from to show it to more people like that. So to a point, it's going to be simplified and it has been simplified, but I do think it shifts the importance further into the creative side. Um, it's also in terms of agencies and worried about this, you still have a lot of some responsibilities, but they're shifting. So it's the creative side. It's also the attribution, which is, always a challenge because otherwise like mom and pop shop creating an ad, how are they measuring success? Because they don't have any of the, right. the, the pixel, the API, everything set up. Do they know how to even interpret that information? So again, it's just a, a kind of a shifting of responsibilities at this point. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, since we've been talking about short form video content and once again, John, thank you for your time today. I mean, I've been wanting to have you on and I, I could nerd out about this stuff for a long time. Um, but let's talk about like the, the last question, kind of how you merge what we talked about at the beginning, which is short form video content and actually meta ads. Can you use those two together? Like you just mentioned creating, you know, really engaging ads. Could you do that with short form content? I mean, is that something you could like merge together? Because it seems like to me, you're, you're kind of doing both right now. I don't know if you've done ads on your short form content or, or not, but what are your yeah, thoughts on that? Well, so there, there are various things I've experimented with. So one of the things I noticed right away is those people who engaged with my videos, my reels, and like watched them to the end were a different special breed, right? right? They, they were deeply engaged in my stuff and they're really valuable. So, I actually, for a, a year, I had this campaign running. It was like, uh, are you my people? Basically targeted at the people who had watched a short form video over the last seven days. And that was pretty amazing. It was just for validation because like the comments in there were all like, yeah, I'm your people. I just watched your video, whatever. So it's pretty cool. And you can also use that as targeting. <clears throat> um, I've occasionally promoted my reels as well to kind of expand, you know, that reach and whatnot. It's, for me, the problematic side of promoting reels for engagement and top of the funnel stuff is it, it often, that's where meta is not great. Mm. Like it, you want to get more people watching your video, they'll find all kinds of ways to get people to watch your video, but it doesn't mean they're you're necessarily your ideal person who's yeah. going to one day buy right. from you. And so 
you kind of take that for what it is, but absolutely like creating those videos, that's a skill. Uh, so creating those, now I can take that, what I learned from it. Um, in some cases I've repurposed reels into ads, uh, but in others it's like, okay, I learned from that so I can create ads to promote my, right. my uh, community, my one-on-ones, whatever. Um, and that's something I wouldn't have done before before I started doing this. Cause I just was not comfortable with videos. Like, everything was just a static image link kind of right, thing. Right. Now I'll create videos for it. So it's absolutely a skill that will help you with your ads. Yes. Gotcha. Well, once again, this has been an amazing show. We are at the end of our time. Yeah. Um, John, I want to give you plenty of time to talk about your, your, uh, your, your membership, everything you've got going on. Uh, let us know where we can find out more about you and all of your products and services. You can find me everywhere right now, pretty much uh, <laughs> at John Loomer. But the main, the best place really is johnloomer.com because you'll get the um, blog posts, which are twice a week. The videos are all published there too. So they're all embedded from YouTube, but they have like a short blog post with them. So there's a ton of content there. Probably the best thing to do is just subscribe to my newsletter at johnloomer.com slash newsletter. So there's plenty of free stuff. If you want to get even deeper, there are really two things. I mean, you can book a one-on-one session with me um, at johnlumer.com slash coach. And uh, where we have 45 minute session to ch- kind of dive into what your strategy is. Or if you are the person who uh, benefits from a community, right, connections with people who are experiencing some of the same things you are, um, I'm gonna be very clear about that because not everybody is. My Power Heroes Club Elite is something that I've, I've been doing it for like 10 years now. I'm about to record my fifth, 500th weekly wow. webinar, which tells you how long that's been going. Uh, but it's, it's, it's focused more and more on the person to person engagement. So we're doing strategy sessions where it's like this big video call that we do every week. I do my weekly webinars. I've got training, like my entire training library is available to you too. So um, if you want to learn more about that community, it's johnloomer.com slash elite. Awesome. Yeah. I've been, like I said, his content is amazing. If you have any questions about ads, Facebook, he's got tons and tons and tons of stuff at johnloomer.com. Make sure to check him out. Connor Brown, where can people find the amazing unsinkable Connor Brown? You can find me on all social media at WDW Opinion. You can head over to wdwopinion.com and you can reach out to me, Connor, C-O-N-O-R, at WDWOpinion.com. If you want to plan any trips coming up, Disney, Universal, Cruises, Spring Break, whatever it is. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Connor, for all your help today. And you guys, thank you so much for watching us. Don't forget our sponsor of the show, Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedialive.com forward slash Ecamm. And don't forget the meetup that's coming up uh, the 24th of this month at Disney's Hollywood Studios. You can find out and register to maybe win a free ticket. Uh, to the Hollywood studios at jeffc.com forward slash podfest meetup. Thank you to Gary Stockton, Dustin Stout, um, the, the uh, dealcasters, Chris Stone, uh, Gary, everybody who came today. Appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Social Media News Live.